Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. The show you're about to hear has been prepared by some of the best talent in the industry we could get. For the money. Do not attempt this at home. Doing so would only expose just how useless and brainless these people really are. If we didn't give him a job, he'd probably be dead. It's the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. All I gotta say is it's Friday. You ready? Okay. Well, let's take a moment to discuss. Let's take a moment to debrief. Let's take a moment to unpack. If you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot. You can't do stupid stuff. I am sober and rarely drink alcohol. You need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. We're all a bunch of degenerate It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. And everybody help me save the sinner's prayer safe. Two security guards framed me for masturbating in the restroom. Something I did not do. Angela, take out the video! Fire this asshole already. Oh, my name! Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! Impact, influence, and awesomeness. Chickens die every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. He assaulted me with the chicken! Hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. If he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, Take a hike. As long as I have the queer community that sees me for my truth, I'm gonna be okay. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. Speed demons are a tyranny that's plaguing the streets of our city. Because on the counter, you want to know why? That when people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. We need more cops to stop those speed demons. They're making it laws where you can't drink when you want to. You, can't, you have to wear a seatbelt when you're driving. Pretty soon we're going to become this country. Unbelievably stupid. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's that's all I'm saying. We need to go back to like taking women out of the workforce. Surround yourself with smart, talented people. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. My wife had my weed in their purse. And the mother f***ing cops took it. It was only like four grams, but it was really good f***ing weed. Yo, man, you're just an unlucky dude. Don't hate on prostitution, because guess what? It's been going on since before humans, man. And you don't even know about it. Now I'm going to wrap it up. I quit this bitch. On a big station. Rock 106.9. Bye. We need to put women back in the kitchen. Have a great Friday, you mother f***er. Welcome to Friday morning on the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online 
at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's program, you can get made up right there via the podcast. Any show you may have missed, you can catch those there. You can also listen to us via iHeartRadio. And if you're doing that, clicking the microphone talkback button is an easy way to reach the studio. You can also do that by texting at 330-450-7625. Now that number you can call as well. And there's a toll-free version of the phone number that you can call at 800-243-7625. Now keep those numbers close to you because at 845 this morning, I'm going to get you into Sonic Temple. That's when I'm going to be doing that. That show's in May. And I got tickets for it. Also, 9 o'clock this morning, we're going to rock the bank with you and pass out that first $1,000 keyword of the day. Also at 9. I got to be honest with you. I was not. Oh, that's the wrong button. I was not expecting this to be any good whatsoever. But we just played it. We just played the, the, the world premiere of the new Judas Priest, a band I like. Now, I've always said I'm more of an Iron Maiden guy than I am a Judas Priest guy. But that does not mean I don't like Priest. Screaming for vengeance and defenders of the faith, honestly, British Steel too. Like, there's probably they got like five albums. Do you got to have them in your collection if you're a metal guy? You like you just you just got to have them, right? Like, you screaming for vengeance is like perfect, cover to cover, perfect. It's amazing, right? So they're damn good. But I always say, man, my expectations of new music from a band that was honestly a little bit even before my time. Like, I don't really expect much, but dude, the new Judas Priest ain't bad, man. This is a Crown of Thorns, I believe, is what this is. Horns, sorry. Yeah, a little 80s medley with the guitar there. Okay, that's what I want out of Judas Priest. I'm not looking for the killers out of them. I don't want that. I want Judas Priest out of Judas Priest. I got to tell you, dude, it don't sound bad. And Rob has always been known to have a great voice inside the format. And these days, you can make everybody sound like they have one, so. How hard could that be? I gotta be honest with you, man. Crown of, uh, yeah, horns. I think this is better than I expected. You can see the smoke from the dry ice hitting the stage now. Dragons in the background. Drinking from the chalice. Here's a little bit of the chorus. I gotta be honest with you, man. That chorus is way better, way better than I expected 2024 Judas Priest to be. So we'll give you another chance at that world premiere. We'll do that at 9 a.m. Also, like I said, rocking the bank with you at 9 a.m. That first $1,000 keyword. All right. It snowed a little bit over the <laughs> overnight last night. Now we know how this works. Every time we see this, people kind of forget how to drive. I can tell you the drive in this morning was not pleasant. Now I've been here for about an hour and a half and I saw the plow trucks out while I was coming in. So things may start to get a little bit more cleaned up for you as you're getting up, starting to get ready, maybe heading into the office. Some of you are probably already there. And uh, I, I think you may have a little bit of an easier ride. This morning when I left, it was not all that great. Uh, car sideways more than a couple of times in between my house and here. Now, one of those was on my street because I was looking to do a little testing of the road quality, right? I was like, all right, have all my neighbors are parked in their driveway. I can't hit anything. Let's get this car up to a little decent cruising speed, hit the brake pedal and see what we get. Well, sideways is what we got. <laughs> That's what we got. And so I was like, all right, we're probably not going to take the freeway today. Let's go ahead. And we'll take the side roads there. And it did. It took me a little longer to get to the office this morning. So if you're heading in, I would just, you know, prepare yourself. Give yourself a couple of extra minutes, maybe as many as 20. 
because I think it's is uh, it's a little slick out there, and that you know, let's not get you into a collision. Now, if you find yourself in a in a car accident, you know, today or over this weekend, May Collision is who you go see for that. M A E Collision dot com. That's who you go see for that. By the way, speaking of that, got a little lucky yesterday to meet a great group of people over at Beavers Marine. Uh, they handle all your boat needs, whether it be sales, service, or even storage, too. But we met with them yesterday. I'm proud and pleased to announce that they are the newest partner of both the show and the station. So shout out to uh, Beavers Marine out there. We'd love to have you guys on board, and we'll be telling you about how to increase the fun over your summer starting next week with those guys. Looking forward to that. We also this morning have to get into an Ohio pastor is finding himself in a courtroom over trying to be kind. This is where religion and the government are going to war with one another. Religion this time is right, and the government is dead wrong, and we'll get to that story, that out of Bryan, Ohio. We'll get to that at 8 o'clock this morning. David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar are going back at it again. Now, this seems more on David Lee Roth's end, which he says, go back the last 10 years. Sammy said a bunch of stuff about me. I haven't said much. But David Lee Roth now says he thinks he knows why. Uh, I literally just got done reading a biography about David Lee Roth. I learned more about that guy than maybe I even needed to know. So we'll look at Dave versus Sammy. We'll get there coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Also at 7, the Cleveland Browns are not the only Ohio football team to make some changes. Ohio State hired a big name, I believe, for their offensive staff. What does that mean for Ohio State? What does it mean for the Buckeyes? What does it mean for recruitment? What does it mean for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers who are looking to play offense there? And what does it mean for Ryan Day? I think this is a big marquee name. I'm interested to see what happens there. So we'll talk about that. We'll get to it at 7 o'clock this morning on Rock 106.9. Here's what's next on the Stansbury Show. All right, we touched on this briefly yesterday, but I kind of want to open it back up. Pauly Shore? Versus Richard Simmons? All right. Let's look into it. Next on the Sansbury Show. You're never too old for a good morning kiss. The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. 9 a.m. this morning. Rock the bank with you. Pass out a $1,000 keyword. Also, take another listen at that world premiere, New Judas Priest crown of horns i honestly i expected to hate it that's what i thought was, i thought i was going to honestly i thought it was gonna be like oh my god we sound like whores just taking the money to play like i honestly i was like i i felt like i was like man i'm gonna have to try to put on a brave face to sell this one today and then when it came in and i heard it i was like oh <laughs> oh that wasn't so bad i know that's not a ringing endorsement i actually think it's a little bit better than that crown of horns the name of that I dig it. I'll end up putting that on a playlist. Yeah, I got a medal. As a matter of fact, I have a Made in, G- uh, made in Judas Priest playlist. And I'll probably add it to that. I don't see a reason not to. It kind of sounds at least in line with other Judas Priest stuff that I do love. Uh, I, I am a big fan of them. Uh, I'll take Screaming for Vengeance and Defenders of the Faith. Uh, you need those albums, British Steel 2. Uh, there's a few others. I'm missing. Uh, there's a name of an album I love that I just I can't place right now. Uh, but they're damn good. And uh, the new one I actually thought was much better than I expected it to be. We'll play that for you again 9 a.m. this morning. I did see this yesterday, and we talked about it a little. I didn't really get into it a whole lot. But, uh, you know, biopics are becoming like this huge thing now where we'll take a uh, famous person and make a movie about them. And you got to take movies with a grain of salt, right? Like, uh, you know, Queen Diehards 
will tell you that Bohemian Rhapsody was riddled with inaccuracies, right? And I would assume that's that's kind of what I expect when I go see a movie, right? Um, like movies, once you say this, based on, that gives you creative license to kind of do any damn thing you want. Like, based on a true story doesn't necessarily mean, well, what we tried to do was go in there and get it as close to the actual story as we could. That's not what that means. Sometimes they'll do that. I don't think it's often enough. That's just an opinion there. But based on doesn't necessarily mean this is what went down. Based on means we got to put something out, and this guy's got an interesting story, and you know about it. But... Don't get us wrong. We're still in the movie making business, so we're going to sensationalize this a little bit. Maybe amp this up or maybe leave that part out. We talked about that a touch yesterday because this isn't the only biopic that's coming out. Apparently, they're going to be doing the story of Anthony Kiedis, the front man of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would almost just rather a Chili Peppers movie, but okay. Give us Anthony Kiedis. Apparently, that's going to be based on his memoir, Scar Tissue in which he admits to, in his 20s, having a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Ended up writing a song called Catholic School Girls Rule. So kind of hard to be like, yeah, I regarded that one, right? <laughs> kind of hard to get there. And I brought this up because it's like, you know, anytime somebody posts something crazy, every corporation will separate themselves from it and go, oh, uh, uh, against our morals. And like, yeah, we can't be a business. Oh, yeah, uh, uh. And like, corporations don't have morals. They'll pretend to have the morals you're pretending to have right now. <laughs> That's what corporations are going to do, right? And, uh, and so I'm, I find it interesting that if you write something crazy on a social media post, nobody wants to be anywhere near you actually engage in horrific activity. Eh, Let's make a movie about you. Right. (laughs) So we'll move off the Anthony Kiedis thing. We'll wait until we get more info on that to, you know, lay him in front of the railroad tracks and drive him over. But Richard Simmons is unhappy about this movie. Now I wonder, I believe it's titled the court jester. Like, I, I, I wonder if he, if that's part of it. I don't think people would want to be referred to that. A lot of times people in my line of work will be. And like, that's kind of one of those things where we're like, oh my God, dude, I want to punch this idiot in the mouth right now. Um, you know, and so I wonder if that's not part of it. Um, Paulie Shore is playing Richard Simmons. I wonder if that's not part of it. I think they do look enough alike. Um, you don't think of Paulie as trying to get into the serious acting thing. You know, he's the weasel. And so you don't necessarily think about him doing things like this. And I said yesterday, and I saw a little bit of a trailer, not that much. Um, you know, they're kind of keeping it hush-hush, at least, you know, at least what I've seen. Um, you know, he kind of looks the part. I think a lot of Richard's story is going to be, is going to be really sad. I think, it's, I, I think a lot of that life was going to be sad. Um, and I think that's why he tried to put on the happy face as often as he did and tried to be in the limelight as often as he did. I think he was trying to find happiness. Um, and now I could be wrong. That's a speculation. Maybe if Richard's got a book out, I'll read it. Um, but I, you know, that life always looked a little sad to me. Uh, if I'm honest, I always felt like as a kid and like, you know, uh, you know, you're perceptive as a kid, but you don't always know what it is you're being perceptive about. And this is what I mean. Like Richard Simmons to me, when I would watch him, my mom would have like Donahue on, right? And that's where I remember Richard Simmons is on Phil Donahue's show. That's, I don't know why those two are like best friends in my mind somehow. And he on those shows to me was the epitome of they're laughing at you, Richard, not with you. That's how that always felt to me. 
He oh, and maybe that's why the movie's called Courtchester is because like it always felt like oh, dude, like they're literally like, this is sensationalism of this like over the top character. By the way, aren't we lucky we didn't have social media then? Look at them with their agenda, shoving it down my kids' throat with this Simmons character. Right, like that would have we would have gone crazy over that, over his you know bedazzled shorts, right? So Richard Simmons is unhappy about the movie coming out. He posted at uh, at this social media platform. Everybody told me nobody was going to use anymore. <laughs> But there he was. He says, hi, everybody. Uh, you may have heard that they may be doing a movie about me with Paulie Shore. I have never given my permission for this movie, so don't believe everything you read. Well, I mean, there's a trailer, so I don't have to just read the fact that they're doing the movie. They're doing it. Um, and so I, and I'm, and I'm not sure they need your permission there, right? Uh, I no longer have a manager, Richard Simmons says. I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you all for your love and support, Richard. Um, you know, I brought this up yesterday, and, and, and it's interesting. And you can let me know what you think at 330-450-7625. That's our text line. Where do you think you're going to get more truth? When the person in question is on set, they're involved, and they have editing power? I'm thinking of Michael Jordan here in The Last Dance. Because at that point, it's just propaganda. But now you'll see audience people that be like, oh, my God, he's not even part of it. You know you're not telling the truth. Fake news. He wasn't even there. It's like, no, dude, fake news is when you get the person there. Because they're going to be like, oh, dude, maybe not tell that part. Maybe don't do that. Oh, yeah, I forgot I used to tell that story about my aunt. and She's still alive. Don't do that. Right? And, like, I think they're where if you keep them out of it, you can tell a true story, I think. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And, I, and now it really comes down to who is the subject matter? Because some people would be very good at laying bare and saying, this is what it is. I think you're listening to one right now. I don't think most people are going to be comfortable with that. I know because it makes everybody in my life uncomfortable. Because when I'm laying bare, I'm not just doing it for me or about me. I'm doing it about them too. And it makes people very uncomfortable. It's the number one fight I have in my life. And so I can't imagine most people are going to show up and be like, hey, man, all the dirtiest things I ever did, all the stuff I wish nobody knew, make sure it's in this movie. Pauly Shore, by the way, has responded and said, look, I understand Richard is upset about this movie. But he says, look, I'm taking it seriously. That makes me happy to hear that. And he says once he sees it, he feels like he'll feel completely differently. And I think he may. Because I think we're all waiting to see Paulie Shore do like his, you know, biodome stupid character type stuff in this movie. And if he takes it seriously and if he delivers a great performance at this, this is going to sound crazy. You might watch Pauly Shore walk away with an award for this movie. To all the teachers who said he'd never amount to anything. That is correct. Lucky guess. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 3304. Yeah, three three zero four five zero seven six two five. Sorry, I got like ten phone numbers. I'm trying to keep straight right now. Three three zero four five zero seven six two five to text the studio. Eric's done that and has reminded me that he believes "Painkiller" by Judas Priest is a really good album. As we were talking about new Priest, because we were going to be world premiering their new song "Crown of Horns" all day. We did it at six a.m. I have it slated for again at nine a.m. I actually like it a lot more than I thought I was going to. 
So I may, uh, I may end up playing it before 9 o'clock. A couple of you on the text line, uh, nobody gave me their names. I apologize here. That Judas Priest was so bad. Uh, this guy, or I, I maybe a woman, I honestly don't know. I disagree, man. Now, is it in line with the best stuff that comes off of Sad Wings of Destiny? Well, no. But that's not what I'm expecting. I want that, but that's not what I'm expecting. Theme class was pretty good, too, right? They were good early, For me, once you get to, like, Turbo, then I'm kind of out after that. They had stuff that was good, but, like, that's kind of where I kind of jumped off and don't know as much of their catalog after that. Some of the Ripper stuff I listen to, obviously, because of the connection to the area, but I prefer Rob, I do. I disagree, man. I actually think it sounds pretty good. So we'll give it. Uh, we'll give you the rest of that. We'll do that 9 a.m. as uh, we will be world premiering that new priest all damn day. We were talking a little bit about Richard Simmons and Pauly Shore. There's a movie coming out. Pauly Shore is going to play Richard Simmons, and he says, "Look, I didn't give my permission for this. I no longer have a manager. I don't have a you know anybody in my camp anymore. I just want to live a quiet life." And I see a lot of people in the comment sections where the story is being posted online, kind of talking about how unfair it is. It's like, I agree with you, but we're still wrong, and here's why. You can't seek the limelight your entire life and then turn around and go, man, is this light bright. It doesn't work like that. If Richard Simmons would have just went about his life and been a guy and worked a job where he was secretly pissed off all day because he felt like he had more inside of him and could have been a talent and could have been an early influencer, Deal a meal. I mean, dude, that's what that guy was. First of all, by the way, that's what we're going to feel bad for. Like the snake oil salesman? Really? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm i going to have a hard time drumming it up for that. Like, I am. And beyond that, you don't get to beg for the limelight and then talk about how bright it is. Yes, it's a pain in the ass. Yes, being famous, being recognizable, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yes, but you begged for it. And so I don't know how I reconcile that. Now, I know what people are going to say. That was then, and this is now. You're a public figure, man. Nobody begged you. Nobody was going to try to make the Richard Simmons movie with, you know, if he was selling shoes in the mall. Nobody's going to try to make that movie about me. Nobody's going to try to make that movie about you. But when you get to that level, you can expect that, those kinds of things. How much you want to bet he would have leapt at the chance to do this when he was all over Phil Donahue's show and Sally Jesse and all those shows? Would have jumped at it. So I think you're right. Because sometimes, you know, you'll hear people say this. Well, it might be legal, but it's not right. Okay, fair. But this is the first time Hollywood's gotten themselves into that territory? Really? This is the first time. It's like, this is how entertainment works. You're going to get it made Packaged and sold by people who are a little shady. You know why? Because people are a little shady. <laughs> like, let's not pretend Hollywood's the only people who's got, you know, a bunch of shady people looking to, you know, make some bread. It's what everybody's doing. That's what everybody's doing. Again, you take some guy at the end of your street and you're like, let's just make his movie and make him hate the fact that, you know, he's alive now. Okay. I could hear that guy's argument because he tried his entire life. Just to live a quiet life. But that's not what Richard Simmons was doing. You begged to be famous. Begged to be famous. 
Now, what I find interesting is I always say this. You're not famous for life. And yet they still want to make his movie. Now, Richard Simmons really isn't famous right now. Like, he isn't. As a matter of fact, if I put him on TikTok right now, would any Zennial know who he is? No. So there I can understand Richard's like, oh, my God, because here comes all this. But, like, he's not going to be made fun of the way he was back then. Like, guys who have my job cannot use the same Richard Simmons jokes I was using while doing Afternoon Drive for this company 20 years ago. No way. No way. Are you kidding me? Couldn't come close to it. Now he's going to be applauded. Like, like, literally, people used to make fun of him to his face. And, like, he would smile along with it. Now I think people are going to talk about what a hero he was and an icon and a trailblazer. And here's the thing. He was a little bit of a trailblazer. You didn't see that many openly gay people on TV like that. Not flamboyantly like that. Like, you just, there wasn't that many. Don't try to tell me, yes, there were, because literally that's what everybody tells me is such the problem now is why we got to be doing everything we're doing now because it wasn't happening then. So which side of the argument do you want, (laughs) right? So, like, there wasn't that. He was kind of that. Now, he wasn't out, but I don't think you get to wear shorts where your balls show on Donahue and then be like, well, maybe I like women. It's like, dude, come on. We all kind of knew. It's cool when you get up and you feel instantly connected to the world. The Stansberry Show. I don't know what it is. I got him on every morning. On Rock 106.9. Later this hour, we'll get you into Sonic Temple. That show kicks off in May. Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus. And I got tickets for you. Disturbed. Slipknot part of that. Just about everybody else, too. My final pair of the tickets this week will get passed out a little later this morning. I say it all the time, and it's true, dude. Football just delivers story after story after story. Uh, so I got a couple of these here. Uh, we'll combine them together. RG3, who once upon a time played for the Cleveland Browns, I believe was drafted by uh, the Washington Commanders. Different name then, yes, okay. Um, is in a little bit of a beef, or was last night, with a former uh, one of his former coaches, Jay Gruden. Now, most of you will know Jay's brother, John. Uh, Jay also had knocked around the NFL on some coaching staffs, had been a head coach, and had done some stuff. And Jay was uh, on social media the other night while talking about Philadelphia and saying, if I ever put a quarterback through this kind of punishment that Philly's doing to Jalen Hurts right now, I apologize. So RG3, who had played for him, kind of quote tweeted it with his glasses down on his nose. Like, oh, I'm paying attention to that, right? Like one of those photos. Oh, look at that. And so they kind of did a little bit of back and forth. And Jay Gruden responds and says, you weren't good enough. (laughs) You weren't good enough. Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore didn't want you. (laughs) I mean, dude, he's literally saying these things to RG3. Like, that's kind of bold. You don't normally see this all that much. And then, of course, Robert Griffin comes back over top and says, tell me you don't know how to coach a quarterback that can run and throw like me. Um, Well, look, RG3 was a dual threat. There's no denying it. Um, He is being a little guilty, and most people would do this about their own career, of not owning up to some of his own problems in the league. 
we had this conversation when RG3 was playing quarterback for the Browns. I said, dude, this guy just won't run out of bounds. He wants to take every hit like he's 300 pounds, and he isn't. I was like, he's going to end up ruining his body, and he kind of did. I mean, that's kind of what happened. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people around the league felt like he was a reach. I remember, by the way, people forget this. This was one of those things that if you wanted Andrew Luck over RG3, you were racist. It was openly talked about because people were trying to tell you that RG3 was that much better than Andrew Luck. He wasn't. He wasn't. Is there a conversation? Okay, maybe. But nobody's thinking to themselves, man, we didn't get enough out of RG3 because he walked away too soon. People really feel like, dude, Andrew probably could have won a lot had he stayed. But that was one of those conversations. You were like the worst person alive if you wanted Andrew Luck over RG3. I remember that, and I remember saying on the air, no, I'm not. <laughs> I want the better quarterback. That's what I want, right? And so, like, this conversation about RG3 has been out there forever, um, and I think he was better than some people want to talk about online, um, and I think we know there are there are some people out there that have a, a problem admitting that players like, I don't know, Jalen Hurts and RG3 and... Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe that Lamar Jackson fellow, right? Like there are, there's a pocket of fans that just refuse to admit that these players are a little bit better than, you know, than they get talked about. And, uh, you know, but I don't think that's everybody who is talking about these things. So that was kind of crazy. Then I also saw that Ohio State is making changes to their staff too, not just the Browns as they have uh, fired a couple of coaches. Now Ohio State got announced last night. They are set to hire former NFL head coach, Bill O'Brien, who again had been coaching the Texans, and I was saying about Deshaun Watson when he was still on that staff. Don't talk to me about coaches. Nobody thinks Bill O'Brien's a great head coach, but when you turn on the Texans, you watch Deshaun play, it's like, oh, that kid is good, right? Like, that kid is good. When you're good, you're good. You're going to outplay your coaching even, right? So it turns out Bill O'Brien's now going to be the new offensive coordinator, according to some sources telling ESPN. Uh, they say it comes with a potential shift within the OSU program as Ryan Day has spent part of this offseason exploring bringing in the experienced coordinators who would allow him to give up play-calling duties. O'Brien served as the New England Patriots offensive coordinator this last year. Now, he has been in New England more than once, right? He had kind of knocked around uh, you know, that department for a while. I know Tom Brady really liked working with Bill um, and some other quarterbacks. Um, you know, he, he has had a couple of stops in the NFL. I think this is a big hire. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to tell you about, you know, he was sent to New England last year to revitalize Mac Jones, and Mac Jones actually regressed versus getting better. I don't know if you can put everything that was wrong with the New England Patriots on the on their offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. Like, I, I have a, would have a hard time doing that. I think New England had plenty of problems, and that's one of the reasons why they and Bill kind of split, which, by the way, they say he's getting much, much closer to that job in Atlanta, that that may actually happen. Everybody t- thought I was crazy. I told you, look for an older owner in Arthur Blank versus one of these young, hip ownership groups to, to see value in Bill Belichick. It's going to be an older owner like Arthur Blank, and it does look like that's what's going to happen there. If you're Ryan Day, are you looking over your shoulder? right now I mean I know they're hiring him but like literally two months ago and I actually thought this was a little nuts fans were like is Ryan Day the guy is Ryan Day the guy is Ryan Day the guy and now all of a sudden you're bringing in not only a guy who has previous head coach experience but he has NFL head coaching experience he also has NFL offensive coordinator experience and I think college coaches have a little too much fire under those seats too often I think there's something about it. Like they're just, they just always seem to be on the block of, nah, nah, maybe we don't have the guy. 
And so I think Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes just signed a guy that if you're looking to move off of Day, you made it that much easier because you can sell your boosters, your fan base, and your players on, look, we know it's instability and that's never great, but we are moving to somebody who has previous head coaching experience. It's not like we're going with a nobody here. So I think Ryan Day, whether it's is fair or not, is going to be coaching for his job play-by-play next year. And you know what that conniving trickery is called? The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I'll rock the bank with you at 9 a.m. Get that first $1,000 keyword passed out. I'm also going to play that new Judas Priest, too. Crown of Horns. Way better than I was expecting it to be. You haven't heard that yet. 9 a.m. I'll get it on. You know, I was talking about how football supplies crazy stories, right? Uh, this Jay Gruden versus RG3 thing, former coach telling a former quarterback, sorry, you weren't good enough, and that's why we went with Kirk Cousins. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore didn't want you. All this stuff, man. I mean, Jay let him have it. And they kind of went back and forth last night, you know. Uh, and then Bill O'Brien, big story for Ohio State Buckeye fans, is he'll now be the new offensive coordinator there. Um, and look, I, I think Ohio State realized, all right, we we got to keep retooling here, right? Like we got to just keep you know chomping at this bit. You can't can't get complacent. We got to start, you know, we we got to win a championship. Our our number one rival just won a championship. We got to show we can do this, right? And so you know you're going to constantly evaluate. So I was kind of talking about how football is really good at supplying the stories. And Brian texted me three three zero four five zero seven six two five. He's like, uh, basketball will give you some good stories too, man. I was like, well, I don't deny that. I said, you know, I'm just, I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head. And he's like, oh, is that right? He's like, maybe you haven't seen this. And he suggested I look at this article from Sports Illustrated. And I had not seen this. And so I appreciate Brian, you know, for sending me this. Apparently, Ryan Rollins, this story is a couple of days old now, but Ryan Rollins is being charged with seven counts of larceny while playing for the Washington Wizards. Now, they have since waived him since all of this, right? Now, that seems like a normal thing because that kind of happens all the time with players, right? Especially in the NBA, 10-day contract, you bring you up, bring you back down, all that stuff. But he has been charged with seven counts of petty larceny. Apparently, seven different incidences, or at least more than a couple, that took place between September and November at the Target and Potomac Yards, that outside of Alexandria, Virginia, originally had been reported by Josh Robbins of The Athletic. The former Wizards point guard, listen to this, is accused of stealing body wash, candles, sporting goods, and groceries. The items he is accused of stealing are valued at less than $1,000. And they took place, this part's important, they took place while he was still on the active roster. Because I saw a lot of, uh, you know, the comments at the story where I found this at SI.com. Uh, you know, I found it at their socials. And people are like, you don't know the struggle players are in before they get pro and like all this stuff. It's like, well, dude, that's not what happened, though. He was on their roster. They added, we do take our role very seriously as citizens of, the, uh, uh, of our fans and our team and our community. These are expectations, not aspirations. We're eager to move forward with our team as constituted and pursue excellence on and off the court. His contract, by the way, this is a guy, again, stealing body wash from like, I, I, they said a Target, I believe it was what it was, right? Yeah, Target. He's stealing body wash and things like this from a Target. This, by the way, 
while he was under contract with a $1.7 million salary for 23-24 and $600,000 of the 24-25 salary had been fully guaranteed. He did not get a lot of playing time with the Wizards. He averaged about four points, one rebound and one assist, one assist Sorry, in about six minutes. That in only 10 games for the Wizards this season. He was originally acquired by Washington in a trade with Golden State back on July 6th of last year. You're under contract dude, with a salary of $1.7 million and you're stealing body wash? Now, I know what people are going to tell me. You don't know the debt he had before he got into the league. You don't know the debt I had before I got here either. Right? I've told this story before. I was taking the RTA from West Park in Cleveland downtown to like public square and then walking the almost three miles to the Cleveland Agora in the freezing cold back and forth to go bartend. And I wasn't stealing body wash out of stores. You give me a million and a half dollars, even paycheck to paycheck. I know it's not a million and a half up front. You give me the paycheck of it. There's no excusing this. We've seen other celebrities do this. We've seen some other celebrities throughout the years where it's like they have more than enough money, but somehow I think it's just trying to get away with something. I think there's something, there's just some people who just want to be rule breakers. I think there's a little bit of fun in like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I think it's the same thing maybe that kind of leads people to having sex in public. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. But the danger is in the fact that you're not supposed to be doing it. And I think this is some of the danger of this. He wasn't stealing out of necessity. Come on. Come on. We know this. By the way, most of the theft we're seeing in big box retailers right now is not out of necessity. Are there people who are doing that to make sure they can feed their family, get some things, make sure they have essentials in their home? Of course. Of course. They exist, but it's not the bulk of what we're seeing. What the bulk of what we're seeing of the theft in big box retailers is that criminals know we've turned into sissies over crime now. And we make excuses like they're doing it so they can feed this and print it. Quit turning every petty criminal into goddamn Robin Hood because that ain't what happening. That's not what they're doing. As a matter of fact, most of these stores where you're watching these thefts happen, thinking of San Francisco now, you can go right down the street from the store that it was stolen from, and they're literally set up in tables and reselling it on the same road, and nobody's doing a damn thing. That's how this is happening. This isn't out of necessity. I know that sounds good for the hashtags, and it makes you look like you're one of the good people. So now all of a sudden, social media thinks you're a star, but that ain't the reality of what's going down, and you know it. By the way, I'm seeing more and more TikTokers complaining about how you can't do a quick target run anymore. I saw a lot of those over the last weekend. Oh, my God, I used to be able to just kind of go in here and grab things off of this, but everything's locked up. Now, we're not seeing as much of this here in our community. Why is that? Well, we're not a major city. And that used to be a knock. Remember when that was a knock? Oh, that's not a major city. That's a town, not a city. These days, give me a goddamn town over a city any day of the week. Have you lost your mind? (laughs) Like, dude, you have any idea what it would take to get me to move back to, like, a city? No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. They're all destroyed. I'm good. Leave me in a town. I like it here. I am fine right where your boy is. 
me out of them cities. So we're not seeing as much of it here. And it's because our population isn't as high. Now, every day you see one of the local police departments. Can you help Officer Randall identify this person? Please don't post their birthday in the comments because we don't want to get sued. But if you have any information, dial this number. Right? So we're seeing theft. Theft happens. But anybody who's, I mean, dude, like when they're blaming the locked up stuff, I mean, dude, when you see the excuses being made, it's over the fact that criminals don't believe they're going to be punished because we have DAs all over the country who are talking about how it's problematic that holding people means you're mean. No, I'm trying to protect the rest of society. And you're just going to have to realize that some people just don't want to. And some people are just scumbags. And that's why we created the jails in the first place. Because we have people amongst us who are out to hurt everyone. By the way, as you're blaming all the CEOs for all the price gouging and thus the corporate greed, you don't think all that theft that's happening in all those stores and all those major cities isn't leading to you paying more prices for the stuff you're pulling off the shelf here in Canton? If you honestly believe that, I don't think you understand how stores work. That's how it works. They're taking the cost initially and then saying, we shouldn't have to take this cost. We've already been victimized. Why am I getting victimized twice? I lose my product and I don't get to raise my my prices to make up the money? They've already been victimized. So then the cost then gets passed off to you. But by all means, man, keep going to social media and defending people like they're actually stealing stuff just to feed their family. Those people exist, but it isn't the bulk, and you know it. He's a man of many talents, but he does not have the talent for keeping quiet. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Give me an hour, and I'll get you into Sonic Temple. If you were with us prior to the break, I will let you know that I had a little breakfast, and I feel a little bit better now, so I feel like less rage will be coming from me. <laughs> a little hungry. Sorry. Sorry. Got a little late start on my, uh, on my eating today. Also, 9 a.m., let's rock the bank. Pass out a $1,000 keyword. If you're just headed out of the house, headed into work, the roads were terrible on my way in this morning. I'm sure they've done a much better job since I've been here over the last couple of hours, but I would still give yourself a little bit of space there. It was a little bit more slippery than I had expected. So uh, be safe out there just a little bit. One of the arguments that's gone on in the music world my entire life is who is the better frontman for Van Halen? Is it David Lee Roth or is it Sammy Hagar? Now, what most people will tell you is Dave's the better front man. Sammy has better singing chops. And I would agree with that. Dave is a front man. I've said Paul Stanley's my guy, but David Lee Roth was kind of like my first rock star. Every girl I knew my age was all about it. 84 was hot. It was everywhere. I mean, dude, people loved him. And he was like the guy all over MTV. And it was like, that guy makes that job look like a hell of a lot of fun. So David Lee Roth, I do think is the better front man. Um, we'll just get this out of the way. People ask me these kinds of questions all the time. Uh, what is your favorite Van Halen song? It would be this one right here. This is off their debut. It's not a hit. This is what we call an album track for sure. It's Little Dreamer. That's probably my favorite Van Halen song. Now, if, you, if I'm allowed to take their covers, You're No Good, the Linda Ronsack cover they did is amazing. Eddie kills the guitar in that song, and that, that was amazing. 
out of the songs people have heard from Van Halen? I'll Wait, maybe? I love it. I've said I think it's the perfect radio song. This is another one. I love this song, Unchained, the name of this one. But Sammy put out plenty of great stuff, too. Like, this was great. Right now is great. I don't care what anybody says. This is great. Video was great. Song was great. The tour was great. God, they were great. That was the best you could do that year, was that Van Halen record. There was no, there was probably no better rock record than For All Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. They just nailed, that record's really good. I also like this a lot. I think this song is one of the most underrated Van Halen songs in the catalog. People say this about, you know, Van Halen was a rock band, and here comes Sammy Hagar, and he turned him into Journey. And, like, that's a little bit true, because some of the hits were a little bit like that, you know? Um, but I didn't think this was bad either. We'll finish what you started. No, wrong with that one. Please. Right? I bring it up because Dave, uh, Dave and Sammy are apparently uh, going to, uh, you know, trade insults yet again. David Lee Roth, in a video posted to YouTube titled The Ballad of Popsicle Sam, uh, referenced Hagar's belief that a pair of aliens had uh, tapped into his mind through some kind of Wi-Fi connection. And uh, he is, again, referencing when Sammy Hagar, in his book, and I read that, I believe Red was the name of that book. It's been a few years since I read it. Pretty good. And Sammy does believe there was an alien abduction that happened with him there. And that's why he talks about aliens on the 5150 record quite a bit, right? Um, some type of alien comes crawling in, right? I mean, that's literally where that came from, is from, well, what he says are his real-life experiences. David Lee Roth went on to slam Sammy Hagar by saying, quote, I know that when you're abducted by aliens, you get sex probed, Roth continued. I am compelled to solicit the sordid subject in an effort to explain Sammy's conduct. For the last 10 summers, I haven't said a single syllable about him. Not one. I defy you. And in the face of constant fart gas aimed in our direction here at the Mojo Dojo Diamond Dave Laboratories... <laughs> Dude, this is what I love about David Lee Roth. Like, dude, he is great at that kind of stuff. He is great at giving you the cheese that somehow you like. Want a little proof? I'm your ice cream man. Tell me what a pass it by. Yes, hey. I mean, dude. And he, I said it forever. He was always a Vegas lounge singer. They get into it in all the books, and I end up being right about that. But Dave is great at that kind of stuff. He's always throwing stuff in our direction here at the Mojo Dojo, the Diamond Dave Laboratories. And I think we've arrived at both technical and medical answer that may explain some of Sammy's conduct. Again, David Lee Roth kind of mouthing off about Sammy Hagar. He says, his constant spew of diarrhea vitriol in our direction. Sammy was abducted by aliens and he was sex probed. Sex probed, he said. He went on to admit that he had no idea about what an alien sex probing procedure might entail. Uh, he said, I don't know if it requires an apparatus or a beam. We don't know. We may never know, he said. But what I do know with an absolute accuracy is that if you take half of a popsicle and you jam it into a cassette tape player, no matter how carefully you extract it, that tape player will never play the same ever again. Tape player, Dave? Sorry, we'll continue. No matter how carefully you try and fix those delicate little parts, and it'll get worse, and it'll seem like the singer that you used to be will stop making sense whatsoever, a lot like Sam. Again, in his uh, 2011 memoir, Red, My Uncensored Life in Rock, Sammy Hagar wrote about a vivid dream. 
several decades ago where he said he stumbled upon a UFO with two aliens inside. This was outside of Fontana, California, where I have actually lived. He told MTVHive.com that the scene he described in his book really happened. He said he played it down in print because he didn't want to sound like a crazy person. It was a uh, download situation, <laughs> Hagar told MTV. This was long before computers or, or any kind of wireless. There weren't even wireless telephones, he said then. He explained that during the experience, knowledge was transferred back and forth, and he could see what was happening. Sammy, I love you, buddy. But if the aliens were coming down and looking to get anything from anyone in Van Halen, it was going to be Eddie first, then Dave, and then Sammy third. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Before 9 a.m., I'm going to get you into Sonic Temple. That show's in Columbus. Man, you bring up Van Halen, people got strong opinions. Uh, Sammy, well, this is really Dave. Dave is uh, talking about Sammy's uh, being abducted by aliens there. <laughs> I don't know why he brought it back up, but, uh, you know, he believes Sammy Hagar was sex-probed. He went on to say he doesn't understand uh, what goes on in that. He wouldn't know. Uh, but he thinks that's why Sammy's always running off at the mouth about David Lee Roth, which I got to admit, I don't really remember Sammy saying much recently. It's not like I pay attention to everything these guys say, though. Um, but I don't really remember that being like a big topic of conversation for Sammy Hagar as of uh, recently. Maybe after the death of, you know, Eddie and, hey, are we going to get a little bit of a tribute tour here for Eddie? What are we going to do there? Maybe in, you know, some of the talking about that. There may have been some things that maybe I had missed. Um, I saw that Dave and Sammy co-headlining tour. Uh, and I remember when that happened, and again, I just read um, How David Lee Roth Changed the World, the DLR book by Darren Paltrowitz. Um, <clears throat> and they talk about that tour pretty extensively in that book. Um, and that was wild, man, because you just didn't think it was going to happen. Um, you, uh, they just, they, I mean, they just don't like one another. Sammy has said famously that you know, they never even saw each other on tour. Um, you know, and people think that's, you know, hard to believe, but those venues are massive. And if you put, you know, dressing rooms at the other end here and your bus gets in here and your bus gets in late, I mean, maybe crossing over for sound checks, but I'm guessing those are probably going to be a couple hours apart. Even then, when you're talking about stars that big, um, in that book, what they say is what was going to happen. And I forget the timeline on this, but what was supposed to happen, and this would have broke touring records, I think was Van Halen band and both singers. They were going to do that and take that on the road. I mean, dude, you're talking four hours, nothing but hits there. Um, God, I had to pay 200. I mean, it sounds, I mean, 200 doesn't even sound like expensive now, but back then I think it would have been. Um, I probably would have paid upwards of 200, 250 for that. Um, Van Halen, and I love this quote. I wish I could remember who said this. But after Eddie died, a guy was on Twitter then is what that was called. It's called X now. You can find my uh, you can uh, find my feed there at Stansbury Show. But a guy had said on X that what makes Van Halen great is it just sounds every song sounds like a dog is wearing sunglasses, and it's kind of true. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it does, especially the Dave stuff. The Dave stuff definitely sounds like that. It's just like. It, they sound like where they came from. They sound like Pasadena. Like, it's just like if Pasadena had a sound, it's this. It is. It's just kind of that that laid-back California, yet you're kind of a rocker. Your hair's dyed. It's, I don't know, it just it just kind of works. Wondering if I've done it wrong. Will this depression last forever? 
They were so good, man. That tour would have been killer. If you actually had Eddie up on the stage, you know, people talk about that tribute show all the time. And it's like, yeah, man, there are a million great guitarists, but nobody's Eddie. The thing about Eddie that was so amazing is most guitar players are what in the rock world, what they call shoegazers, where they just stand on the stage and they just stare straight down at their feet. They're staring at their shoes. They're shoegazers, right? Eddie was animated like a front man while playing the guitar. Now, there's been a few of these, right? You could talk about Angus. You could talk about some other guys for sure. Um, but Eddie kind of nailed that character. Leaping off of Marshall stacks, the splits in the air, kind of competing with Dave on that level. And Eddie never. Have you ever seen a photo of Eddie Van Halen without a smile on his face? I mean, ever. Van Halen, to their credit, and I call it cheese, and it is true. You listen to a lot of Van Halen. They got away with bloody freaking murder on the cheese thing, even when Eddie was in, the, or uh, especially when Dave was in the band. I mean, dude, that's who he is. Dave is a cheese machine. That's what, I mean, Eddie's playing kind of covered it up, but like they were totally cheesy for sure. They were. And, but like, you, it's just that they, they just, they hit at the perfect thing. And Eddie is always smiling. Always. Where most guys in rock are taking themselves too seriously. And that's why Van Halen's fun. Cause it's not taking them seriously. It's not. It's about drinking too much beer, going to the best party in the city and leaving with the hottest woman there. That's Van Halen. And that's why all these years later, why everybody still loves it. Because it's fun. And like they, we kind of forgot that. So I don't know what you do with the tribute tour with Eddie. Because nobody's going to sell all of that. You can get guys to play the licks. You can get all that. That's fine. But you're not going to recreate the personality. Right? And it just, it, it, that's the hard part about trying to play tribute to Eddie Van Halen. You can talk to me about players that are going to play right. Great. It's not going to fill the stage, I don't believe. I just don't, I, I don't see it. Now, if there's somebody I don't think of, I think Warren Demartini's the best guy. But why he isn't the best guy is because everybody listening right now just went, who the hell is Warren Demartini? Well, he was the closest thing to Eddie Van Halen back there in that scene, although you could talk about Randy, but Randy's not here. Um, although those two did not like one another all that much and they were very competitive. Um, I honestly, and I've said this, I think if Randy Rhodes doesn't die in that plane crash, we're having a completely different conversation about who the guitar God of the 1980s is. It may still end up being Eddie Van Halen, but that conversation is way closer, way closer. If Randy doesn't die for sure. Absolutely. People forget how big Randy was because of the, you know, the, the impact wasn't that long. He wasn't with us all that long. Um, but Randy's been mimicked over and over and over again, just like Eddie Van Halen. As a matter of fact, listen to, I believe it's Crazy Train, and listen to Sweet Child of Mine. They are eerily similar. <laughs> Slash has done a very good job of ripping off Randy Rhodes forever, and he just kind of gets away with it. Fine. The music is a copycat business. Absolutely a copycat business. I don't know what the hell is making Dave sound off. He is one of the best promoters we've ever seen in the genre, so you got to wonder. Is this not leading us now down the path of here comes Dave and Sammy round two? I got to tell you, I hope that happens because I would love to go to that show. Live from the Hall of Fame city and just as bad as NFL officiating. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 9 a.m. this morning. I'm going to rock the bank with you. You're going to start your Friday out. With an extra $1,000.
pretty good way to start a weekend. We'll get that pass out at 9. Teresa's got the second one at 10 a.m., by the way. Check her out as well. You guys have been doing that. I let you know just the other day that we got the ratings report card for the radio station. Man, did she kill it, too. Uh, we all did. The station did very, very well. Thank you very much for that. We do appreciate it. Yesterday, I got a little sidetracked, um, and I got a little heated during a conversation. And it was about the fact that I have lost all hope in the political structure. And that I don't believe a politician cares about me. And I was talking about it and I, I said, you know what, maybe what I should do is let people know how I come to my conclusion. And I said, this is telling on myself for sure it is. But when push comes to shove, who do I really care about? Me as a person, you know. Um, once you get past people whose first and last names I know, that list starts to thin out. And I talked about the difference between being appalled about something. Oh, my God, that tornado in Oklahoma. I'm so sad that happened. You're appalled. There's a difference between being appalled and caring. Now, being appalled is fine. Now, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's at least like, all right, you're at least decent, right? There's at least that. But caring is a whole other thing, right? And I said, so if that's you and that's me, why would I think that the person whose job it is, they get paid to lie, why would they care any more about me than most people do or that I would about somebody else? Okay, well, what about really good people who are called to action? And there are those people. I'm in love with one of them. Okay, there are those people, and they exist. I think they're outnumbered by, well, the rest of us. And I also think that if you put that most of those people in the, this situation where choose between them and their kids or you and yours, what do you think the decision's going to be? And that's how I kind of come to those conclusions. I also said, you notice every few years they tell you how they're going to fix everything. And yet the problems that were the problems when you were in first grade are still the problems today. The Pentagon loses billions of dollars every year. If we just kept track of the money that they lost, we could have cathedral schools. We don't got to even talk about the money that they have on hand. Just focus on the money they lost and don't know where it is, by the way. Literally, they just tell you, we lost hundreds of millions of dollars. We have zero clue where it is. The fact that people don't riot in the street at the Capitol, it, like every day, is kind of shocking over that. Because you could literally have everything fixed. If we just said, no, no, you're not allowed to tell us, sorry, we lost $600 million and we don't know where it is. Then you shouldn't be in charge, you dope. Right? Like that would be the thing. Like that's, But we don't care. Otherwise, we would demand something different. And I believe we get the media and the politicians we deserve. And so maybe we're, we deserve what we're getting right now. But I was kind of talking about that yesterday. Like, I put no faith in any one of these idiots. They don't care about me. They don't care about you. How many people who you've never met do you really care about? Thank you. That's kind of how it works. They're just people. They weren't handpicked by God or like any of this crazy stuff. They're just people. And they want power. And much like a lot of fixes in the country, the money ain't in the fix. The money's in telling you they have the fix. And I kind of got talking about that yesterday. And it does upset me. Because they'll talk a big game, the government will, right? And what we're going to talk about right now is homeless people. But the government doesn't want me calling them homeless anymore. They want me calling them unhoused. Sounds better, right? Great. But the problem is, is that you're going to say unhoused for 10 years. 
And then they're going to turn around and tell you that word's not right either. Don't worry. That's not what we're going to talk about right now. We are going to talk about the treatment of homeless people in this country, though. Sorry, unhoused. Let me make sure I sound like one of the good ones. Unhoused. I've said this before, and it's true. We don't care about this issue, and we don't care about people starving until snow hits the ground. That's it. You don't care if anybody has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when it's 100 degrees out in July. Nobody. As soon as you see snow on the ground, you're like, oh, dude, feed them. Right? That's kind of what happens. You, me, everybody. That's literally why we have organizations that dedicate their time and efforts into making sure people eat every month of the year. Because we don't give a damn about it. So now a story is coming out of Bryan, Ohio. If I'm looking at this correctly, I think it's about 53 miles outside of Toledo. I don't know much about Bryan, Ohio, but here we go. They wanted to ask people, who should take care of the unhoused when it gets too cold to be out on the street? Who's responsible for that? Is it the government? Is it you and I? Or is it churches? Well, if you ask me, it's the government. Because they're the ones always telling me how good they are at, well, I don't know, handling everything for everybody. They apparently see no problem with a bunch of people coming into the country because apparently we're just doing such a bang-up job taking care of the people who are already here. Right? So by that theory, then maybe the government should be handling it. I don't think so because they are piss poor at handling everything. Again, go back to the money. (laughs) Go back to the money. So why am I bringing it up? Well, because a pastor of a church in Bryan, Ohio, is being charged Because he opened his doors of his church to bring people in from the cold. So as you're driving around with that right politician sticker on your car, making fun of everybody who says thoughts and prayers, shut your damn mouth. Because the government's telling this guy he can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. You ever seen the government step inside and get in people's way when they're donating food? Happens. But don't worry, they're going to do a bang-up job for you. Don't worry, let's put them in charge of, like, I don't know, health care. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So apparently this guy is opening his doors. But it's, impar- it's apparently in breach of a zoning code of turning a building, a single-floor building, into a residential space inside this area of this city isn't allowed. You're in breach of our city code. So you're not allowed to pick people up off the goddamn ground. Make sure they're warm and feed them so they don't die on the street like animals. They care about you? Really? Trump 24? Vote blue no matter who? This is your government right here. This is who they are. This is the evil pimps that they really are. It's crazy. You're going to charge this guy for being Christ-like? Explain it to me. We should drag Joel Osteen to the gates of hell over the fact that he doesn't open that mega church to people so they don't die. But people ask all the time why you don't do it. Here it is. Here it is. You don't help people. We'll steal all the money through taxes, and then we'll tell them we're going to help people as they die, and we you know, lose billions of dollars out of all these organizations. Oh, by the way, we don't even have to tell you where the money went. We're literally allowed to stand here and tell you we have zero clue where it went. How 
anybody picks up and, you know, carries the water for any one of these idiots is beside me. I literally don't get it. I don't get it. Because this problem didn't pop up over the last four years. This problem's been a problem my entire life and much longer than that. I'm channeling my father here, I suppose. This issue was close to him. Homelessness and hunger. He cared about those. Worked closely with organizations in downtown Cleveland because of it. Took my brother and I often. Did fling open the doors of the church to give people places to stay. Now, I was lucky. I grew up in Aurora. It's a privileged area, it is. For sure is. I grew up on a lake. My grandparents had boats. My life was good. Homelessness wasn't a real big issue in my city. But there were people who were hungry. There were people who were living in homes and didn't have enough to eat. We uh, sometimes think that the only people who are going hungry are the ones that are living on the street. They're not. Not even close. So many people on your street are going without because they paid for that roof. So they're trying to make ends meet beyond that. This is long before even you get over the last four years where they have literally hustled you out of every last dime you have. (laughs) I mean, seriously. But this is why I have no faith in my government right here, man. And this is why I don't get annoyed when people say thoughts and prayers. Because that's the people who say thoughts and prayers. Flinging open the doors to make sure people don't die. But that guy with that fake spray tan, man, telling you I was going to fix everything. He's putting the cuffs on this minister. The hell is the matter with this place? Give Stansberry a piece of your mind. Use the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. And let him know just how wrong he is. It's just wrong. The Stansberry Show. On Rock 106.9. 9 a.m., you get the new Judas Priest, Crown of Horns. Also, you get that first Rock the Bank keyword. We'll get that pass out at 9 a.m. as well. Not a bad way to start the weekend. We've been talking about this uh, church out of Bryan, Ohio, where the pastor has now uh, been charged with helping his fellow man. Uh, He was opening his church. Apparently, it's a one-floor building, and there's zoning issues, apparently, where he's at, where you cannot turn a, a, a building into a residential space. Now, I understand why we, why we create things like that, you know, so we don't have CEOs charging people rent to live in the, in the, in the building, you know, and all that. I get it, right? Because people, you kind of have to occasionally make some rules so that way people aren't taking advantage of everybody. But if you can't look at it in common sense and go, it is freezing bitter cold outside, people are dying on the street, and this guy's trying to make sure that doesn't happen, and you charge that guy, I'm sorry, I don't think that's in, I don't think that's in line with what the design of that law was about. Right. And so I was kind of talking about it and I was talking about how, I, you know, you know, I just don't buy that the government cares about me because they don't. And I was talking about how the Pentagon loses like hundreds of millions of dollars every, every year. And they do. And they come right out and tell you, yeah, we lost like four hundred million dollars. We don't know where it is. And Jamie's like, Sansbury, they know where it is. Don't fall for it. It's like, well, Jamie, that's the point I was making. Right. Like, that's the point I'm making is that clearly you don't lose that much money and then just throw your hands up and go, eh. We have no idea. They know where it is. They stole it. That's the point I'm making. But we don't care. Like, the fact that that happens. All right. Now, I want to carefully say what I'm going to say right now, because this is going to sound like I supported January 6th, and I didn't. I said, as a matter of fact, January 7th, I came in here and I said, if that's what you think patriotism is, we have a different view of that word. That's what I said then, and that's how I feel now. But when you think about the fact that they lose that much money, and events like that don't routinely happen, that's almost surprising. 
That's what I'm saying about that. I'm not in support of it. I'm saying it's almost shocking you don't see it more when you think about the most important thing, money, being lost at that rate and being told to us with absolutely zero reason of how that could be. But don't worry, keep us in charge because we're going to get it right the next time. Okay. Right? And all of that. It's almost surprising. It bothers me when you can't be nice to people. If you found out the reasons grocery stores are not allowed to donate food, it would make you infuriated. But it's partially our fault. See, you won't buy an apple with a dent in it. So if we give it away, it's you're only giving the food that people won't eat. Okay? You might be right about that. But it's an apple, and I'm going to let them have it. So maybe shut your goddamn mouth and let it happen. But no, government's going to know better. The government's going to know better. Eugene asked me, yo, man, during that little rant, that political lean, did you throw President Trump under the bus twice? I don't think I did. But what if I did? The man's done enough to be thrown underneath a couple of buses. He ain't perfect. He ain't God. He's done enough to be thrown under a couple of buses. What I said was, is they have us all yelling, vote blue no matter who. Or vote jump 24, like that's going to fix it. But it ain't. Do I believe presidential candidates are going to handle certain things better than the other one and we end up voting for lesser evils? Sure. Absolutely I do. But I took this message too. 45 is one of us, not one of them. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. Is he speaking to things you care about more? Sure. Is that his game plan about how he wants to win? About speaking to things you care about versus what the other side is saying? Yes. But if you honestly believe that there's one rich guy who's exactly like you, any other CEO, any other dude with that much money, you would be like, hey, they're elite, they're this, they're that, they're that, and you wouldn't think they're anything like you. This guy is exactly like you. All right, hold on. Let me address Eugene's problem here. You said Trump by name once, then you referred to the fake tan. The fake tan thing isn't Trump's. That's literally been a politician thing forever. You love Trump, is at least this is what I'm taking from this. And so you think everything that has that he's even circling around is his and belongs to him. That's not the way. That's not the way. The fake spray tan, making yourself look good, has been associated with politicians my entire life. Should I have maybe known that some members of the Trump fan base were going to take it that way? I guess. But I wasn't really all that worried about it. I'm not. I'm really not all that worried about it. I'm not out to lick that man's toes. I'm not out to lick Biden's toes. I voted against both those morons last time. I voted third party, baby. And let me guess, I wasted my vote, right? Wasted your vote. Wasted your vote. I'm sorry. Haven't the last two conversations on this program that you've been nodding your head up and down while you're listening going, I got to admit, man, he kind of sounds like a lunatic, but he's right. What that, if, if you've been doing that, what that means is nobody's ever fixed anything. And they've both been guilty of it. I may like one of them more than the other at any given presidential race. Don't necessarily make it just about this one. But I voted against both of them. You tell me I waste my vote, people will. No, no. Doing the same thing over and over again while watching the problems never be even talked about, let alone fixed, is wasting votes. 
That's wasting votes. I was not going out of my way to trash either one of them personally. They are two wings of the same bird, baby. Vote blue no matter who. Trump 24. Now, I think I'm going to go vote for Joe, Joe, Joe Jorgensen. Oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. I mean, that guy and me, we can't agree on anything. We're at opposite ends of anything. But the one thing we can kind of come together on is if you do the thing that's going to remove my party or his party away from power, you did it wrong. Gee, doesn't that sound like a goddamned hustle? Yes, because it's a damned hustle. That's a hustle, man. You got to see that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. And that's fine, too. I'm not out to change your mind about who you're going to vote for. I don't care who you vote for, man. I don't care. And I don't care if you're upset about what I think about who I'm going to vote for. I don't care. I don't give a damn. You slam them twice? I'll slam them three times. (laughs) I don't give a damn. I am in neither one of these camps because I've said it forever. Once they get you in that camp and you got your face painted up and you got the right color shirt on and you're screaming at the other person, they got you right where they want you, man. Right where they want you. Just remember, vote blue no matter who or Trump 2024 because if you do anything else, you screwed up, man. You messed up. You did that thing that might maybe just one day if too many people did it could actually fix something. Nah, let's not do that. I got Sonic Temple tickets May 16th through the 19th, Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus. I don't know who we're going to send now. I think everybody's probably pissed at me right now. But call her 12, you're going. 330-450-7625. Toll free at 800-243-7625. And let's rock the bank next on Rock 106.9. Don't blame the station. We expected you to cancel him by now. Well, my horoscope said that I shouldn't assume responsibility for anybody but myself. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Ended up finding not one, but two sets of tickets for Sonic Temple this morning. So we hooked up Adam Barton, also Heather Usland. Both won their way in. Next week on the show, I'll have some 41 tickets for you. And I'm also going to have some Bush tickets, too. Those shows got announced this week. And we'll be passing out the goods starting Monday on the program. We'll also talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8. Wrap up some of these playoff games from this weekend. We're actually going to take a look ahead at at least one of those before I get out of here for the day. Um, we had gotten a little sidetracked talking about this uh, church in Bryan, Ohio, where the minister is being charged for letting people come in and get warm versus allowing them to die in the street. Government's like, you can't do that. And I was using it as an example to talk about how the government doesn't really care about us, right? And nobody's finding that out for the first time. You know this. It's just something we don't feel comfortable admitting to ourselves every minute of every day. And it circles back to something I say all the time, that life requires denial. Like, otherwise, you would just drive yourself mad. You have to live in some sort of denial to even get through your day, right? And I was kind of talking about it, and I made the mistake of saying fake tan while talking about politicians on how they try to hustle you. You know, they look all shiny and all this stuff. And people felt like that was a dig at Donald Trump. I mean, he uses fake tan, but he's not the only one. As a matter of fact, it took me less than 30 seconds to go. This is what I Googled. Politician fake tan. That's what I Googled. The first post, yes, about Donald Trump, because he's kind of famously has that orange tone. But then right behind it, an article from 2011, a full five years before he ran. Well, about four, maybe. 
politicians who use fake tan too much and who need to lay off of it. He didn't invent the fake tan. He didn't invent making yourself look bronze because you're in front of TV cameras all the time. He didn't invent that. But people think he's living in your head rent-free, man. He's rent-free in there. You mean the guy I've defended through a lot through this year? This is what makes me proud of being Daniel John Stansberry right here. There ain't that many, but here's one of them. That when I talk this stuff, 70% of you write in and say, quit bagging on Biden so much. Because for a month I've teed off on that, wait for it, I've called him the smooth-brained ice cream eater. You think that's me getting his back? That's literally what I've called him. I have never called Trump anything close to that. But anytime I talk this stuff, it's 60-40. 60% thinks I'm against their guy. The other 40% thinks I'm against their guy. And you know why that is? Because what you're hearing is the middle. And you don't get it that many places anymore. And I don't know why. You look at my ratings, they're killer. (laughs) And it's because I understand that the conversation's really in the middle. And that's where most people really are. Most people don't become a Democrat or a Republican until they walk in to vote. Then they're going to pick a candidate. Most people throughout their day don't think about what they are anyway, either way. Either way, most people don't really think about it that hard. By the way, the data tells us, and I believe it's true, that people vote on a maximum of three issues. In that same article where I read that, it also told me that the number one issue for those voters outweighs number two and three combined. You know what that number one issue for most people is when they go to vote? You guessed it, baby. The economy and their money. There it is. I don't support or hate either one of those guys more than the other one. I can like and support certain policies more than the other one. And I kind of like the guy that's not cutting holes open in the fence telling everybody, hey, come on in. I mean, I can't, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't necessarily love that. But again, I voted against them both. Both. Both times. So I'm not for or against either one of them. And neither one of them are living in my head rent free. This is what you have to remember. I'm getting paid right now, dog. (laughs) You know that, right? I'm making money. And these are the guys that are making headlines. It's quarterbacks, politicians. Hey, did you hear about this guy who's marrying, who's got five chicks pregnant? That's what, this is what I do. Opinion is what I do. And you guys sound like my girlfriend now. Like every time I raise my voice, she thinks she's like, like I'm mad. No, I'm not. I'm an animated person. By the way, it's how you sell your message. If I came in here, I was like, I don't know about this Trump guy. I don't know about this Biden guy. I don't know. I don't know. Me using this voice, me being animated, wait for it, is my version of using spray tan. That's my version of this. I love when people think, oh, I'm in your head. No, you're not. 10.05, I won't even remember this happened. You ask anybody who knows me, this is the God's honest truth. I talked to Alan Cox about this because he says this is true of him too, which made me happy because everybody tells me how smart he is and everybody thinks I'm an idiot. But apparently we have this in common. You ask us two hours after the show what was on the show, I won't know. I'll have to sit and think. When I'm putting the podcast together, I'm like, and I go to title it, I'm like, wait, what else did I talk about? I talked about that. I talked about that. And every day I turn around and I grab my notepad and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I talked about that at 8. That's why I write stuff down. Because once this show's done, I'm worried about Monday's show. 
As a matter of fact, that's not true. Once this show is done, I'm worried about my MMS show today. I'm worried about my three Florida shows over the weekend. I'm worried about my Indianapolis show. I'm worried about my Portland show. And I'm worried about all those shows. That's what I'm worried about after 10 o'clock. Nobody's in my head. The president, the former president, neither one of them are living rent-free in my head. It's just what we were talking about. Is this the first time anybody's heard me raise my voice? If it is, it's probably the first time you've ever turned me on. By now, you're asking yourself, is he trying to be wrong? Are you incinerating that I'm dumb? The Stansberry Show. Dude, the government hates us, man. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I understand. It's right. We're done. I'm done. I exercised the demons out. We are good to go. Did get a little sidetracked there. Sorry about it. Sorry about that. All right, so I see this conversation forming in the NFL. And I think it's true, but I don't want it to be. And it's that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, who are going to face off this weekend. My phone just died. I apologize. And that's where I had all the data pulled up on this. So I'm flying a little blind here. Uh, <clears throat> they're playing again this weekend. Bill's Chiefs. I believe that game's Sunday night. Um, I think it's the late game Sunday. I could be wrong there. Like I said, my phone literally just died on me right now. And I'm hearing everybody talk about Mahomes versus Allen is the new Brady versus Manning. Now, obviously, I understand how these kind of conversations come about, right? It's like, hey, these two guys are really good. Hey, those two guys were pretty good. But this is the same thing. And it could be. I want to say that, well, doesn't Josh Allen have to have more success before this comes into like rivalry territory and definitely before it becomes Brady Manning? That's how I feel. But Brady got the best of Manning. He got the better of him. And so I think it might be fair to start talking about this rivalry like it's on par with Brady Manning. I mean, Mahomes is accomplished. He's got the two chips. Now, don't stack it up next to Brady's because that's insane. You know what I mean? That's like stacking every penis next to Peter North. We're all failing that test, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, let's not get carried away here, right? Let's not do that. But as a fan who likes watching the games, I do want to see Josh be more competitive here in the playoffs. I do. I want to see the Bills be more competitive against Mahomes. Now, if there was ever a year to get them, people say this is the year to get them. Talking Pat now and the Chiefs. That they don't necessarily feel as dominant as they have in years past. What I would tell you about a team that has Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and is coached by Andy Reid, that people feel like is primed to be picked off is, I don't know, man. Smog was silent when they left him sleeping. But when they went in there looking for that shiny stone and that dragon woke up now, (laughs) I mean, dude, things went crazy, man. And, you know, the desolation of smog, things went nuts. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, everybody's like, what in the hell is he talking about? (laughs) What is happening? Why is he he going all Sheldon Cooper on us? Fair enough. Fair enough. I love Pat. I love him. And I think he's really, really good. I think he's probably the best quarterback in the league still. I want Josh Allen and the Bills to win this weekend. 
That's what I want. I don't think I, I honestly, and if it wasn't the Chiefs, I, I would pencil the Bills in. It's just they have Mahomes. And he tends to, in a moment when he has to do it, kind of tends to go Mahomesian. I mean, he does. Now, playoff game on the road for Pat. You know, that's a playoff game on the road. That's not normally uh, his thing. Normally, they call, or at least uh, Nick Wright does, they call the AFC Championship game the Arrowhead Invitational, which is kind of awesome, dude. Uh, I know a lot of people, Nick Wright rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but, dude, his Chiefs fandom and calling that the Arrowhead Invitational is kind of awesome. Uh, maybe I like it because there's a little bit of a golf reference in there. Okay, I think that's an extra dig at, uh, at Josh Allen, who's a golf fanatic, but I could be wrong there. So I will say, going to Orchard Park, and I've seen a game there where the Bills play, that's a hostile environment, man. Hostile. And now Pat has played in plenty of, you know, uh, in other people's houses and things like that. And I'm not sure the weather thing's going to be an issue. Normally you would tell a quarterback, good luck going to Buffalo, man. Good luck. You're going to freeze your balls off out there. It's going to be cold out there. Like, that's what you would normally say. But, I mean, Pat's literally coming off, they say, one of the coldest games, if not the coldest game in NFL history, right? Chiefs-Dolphins the other night. Peacock, by the way, they say they lost about 10 million view, or not 10. I think it was a couple of million viewers by putting it on Peacock. It was Peacock's most streamed thing, but they say it didn't necessarily garner the same kind of viewership as had it been on television, which I don't have a problem believing. I think you probably have a lot of streaming services. I don't know if all of you are carrying Peacock. Now, with Ohio State playing some games there, NFL looking to move some of their stuff there, maybe more people signed up for it. Okay, I have it. As a matter of fact, that day I watched the Browns game on Peacock. Because I know I knew I was watching both games. So I was like, all right, well, they're both on Peacock. I'll just watch it. And the Browns game was perfect on Peacock. There were some issues later that night when everybody had to be watching the game there. I'm getting a little sidetracked there. But I just want the story of the NFL to kind of flip over a little bit. And as much as I love Pat and as much as I think the Travis Kelsey story is cool and all that and the Taylor and all of that, as much as I like all of that, you know, I'm not one of those who's like, oh, my God, a woman's having fun? Let me hate it. Like, I'm not one of those. Um, but as much as I like all those stories and Pat's great for the NFL, he's already has his. I think sports are best when you don't know what's going to happen. And a little too often, you put players against one another, you put teams against one another, and it's like, mm, what's going to happen here? Now, this season in the NFL... I mean, look at the Packers. I mean, they're I mean, they're flying in the face of what I just said because everybody's like, ah, dude, it's just Jordan Love. It's just the Packers. They're not any good. You know, ah, they're pretenders. And next thing you know, they just keep winning games, right? And so I'm kind of hoping we see an upset this week. As a matter of fact, I this one feels dirty. But I kind of want C.J. Stroud to absolutely ball and beat Baltimore, right? You can get behind him a little because of the Ohio State connection, you know? The Buckeye thing. And then kind of go Seinfeld, yada, yada, over him torching the Browns' defense and hope that a divisional opponent in the Ravens don't advance. I think the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. I honestly, right now, my gut, not that my gut is right about this, my gut tells me the Ravens are winning the Super Bowl. A lot of people feel like the 49ers are a buzzsaw. And again, kind of like a sleeping giant right now. People are going to be reminded how good they are in the next couple of weeks. Okay, fair enough. I, 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 you know, I, I don't have a whole lot to push back on that. Um, but I, my, my feeling is, and maybe this is because we always talk about the AFC being that much stronger than the NFC. I kind of feel like if Baltimore gets in, this is going to be their year and they're going to win it. 
I feel like the Baltimore Ravens are going to win it, and that's what's making me want to root for C.J. Stroud come this weekend and the Houston Texans. Feels dirty, right, after what they did to us. Or not us. I don't play for the team, and neither do you. After what they did to the Browns. But I don't think C.J. Stroud did that to the Browns. I think the historic defense flew to Houston and s the bed. <laughs> like, that's what happened. That's what happened. Good players are going to play well, right? Like that, That's what's going to happen. It looks like C.J. Stroud is going to be a pretty damn good NFL player. Already is a pretty good NFL player. You know what I mean? Kind of looks, although we've seen stories like this before, and people have kind of gone back and forth. All right, I'll, I'll stop short of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Back to Mahomes and Allen. I think for me, I don't know how you see it, but for me, if the rivalry is going to stay at that level of, oh, do we got to watch these games, then Josh is going to have to get the better of Pat at some point. And when you're at home and you're building with your fan base, that's when you're ripe to do it. He's a man of many talents, but he does not have the talent for keeping quiet. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You ready? Okay. Well, let's take a moment to discuss. Let's take a moment to debrief. Let's take a moment to unpack. If you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot. You can't do stupid stuff. I am sober and rarely drink alcohol. You need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. We're all a bunch of degenerate It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. And everybody help me save the sinner's prayer safe. Two security guards framed me for masturbating in the restroom. Something I did not do. If John take out the video! Fire this Oh, my name! Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! Impact, influence, and awesomeness. Chickens die every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. He assaulted me with the chicken! Hold up, wait a minute, something ain't back! If he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, Take a hike. As long as I have the queer community that sees me for my truth, I'm going to be okay. I women. We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. Speed demons are a tyranny that's plaguing the streets of our city. Because on the counter, you want to know why? That when people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. We need more cops to stop those speed demons. They're making it laws where you can't drink when you want to. You, can't, you have to wear a seatbelt when you're driving. Pretty soon we're going to become this country. Unbelievably stupid. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's, that's all I'm saying. We need to go back to like taking women out of the workforce. Surround yourself with smart, talented people. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. My wife had my weed in her purse. And the mother cop took it. It was only like four grams, but it was really good weed. Yeah, man, you're just an unlucky dude. Don't hate on prostitution, because guess what? It's been going on since before humans, man, and you don't even know about it. Now I'm going to wrap it up. I quit this bitch. Come a big station. Rock 1069. Bye. We need to put women back in the kitchen. Have a great Friday, you mother Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 
We are nearing the end of it now. Did get through a lot today. Passed out not one, but two sets of Sonic Temple tickets. That show in May, Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus. Next week, I'm going to have some 41 and Bush tickets for you as well on the program. Now, the rest of the day, you still have multiple opportunities at a $1,000 Rock the Bank keyword. Teresa will have the second one of those for you, and she'll get that out to you at 10 a.m. this morning. We talked a little bit about Bill O'Brien taking over the offensive coordinator position for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, He has head coaching experience in the NFL. He has offensive coordinator experience in the NFL. Uh, Obviously, some college experience added to that. Uh, Looking to avoid saying as well for the third time. And uh, I don't know if this means... I kind of feel like that means Ryan Day's seat gets a little hotter, right? Now, it probably shouldn't even be warm, but it started to warm up this last year because everybody's like, all right, great, dude, you mop up the Big Ten. But when it comes down to some of these bigger games, it's like, where are you? You know, Um, I think it's a be careful what you wish for situation, or at least could be, Um, you know, improving that much more from what Ryan Day has given you, I think is going to be tough, but I think crashing the team into the side of the building is easier. Um, And uh, if you're looking to just make changes for the sake of making changes, a lot of times that can happen, but uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes do have some new coaching on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Bill O'Brien, part of that. We talked about David Lee Roth versus Sammy Hagar. David Lee Roth came back out and started throwing jabs at Sammy for some reason, talking about that uh, when Sammy had talked about when he believed he had been visited by aliens. Uh, and uh, David Lee Roth now claims that everything that Sammy has said about him over the last 10 years is because he was, wait for it, sex probed is what David Lee Roth called it, sex probe. So apparently uh, DLR thinks Sammy Hagar went through the Cartman uh, thing there. I think it's about the fact that he's getting out there to promote something. That's who Diamond Dave is. He says, you know, Sammy's always throwing jabs at the uh, at the Mojo uh, the Mojo Dojo, which is what he calls his house, <laughs> David Lee Roth. And he's like, the Diamond Dave Laboratories there. And Dave's great at that kind of stuff. By the way, Dave was on YouTube way before most people. He was giving you Dave TV long before anybody thought this was a good idea. As a matter of fact, people were laughing at David Lee Roth over that. Like, oh, God, look how far he's fallen. Now, if you're a rock star and you don't have a YouTube channel, it's like, dude, what is the matter with this guy? David Lee Roth kind of did a lot of that. He did. He took some hits in the chest and they're like, oh, look, fall from grace. Ah, probably should get Eddie on the horn. And right and here you go. And now everybody in the world's doing what David Lee Roth had done. With Dave TV there. So we talked about a little him versus Sammy there. Also an Ohio pastor in some trouble because he dared to open the doors of his church and make sure people weren't freezing to death on the sidewalks outside. And the government was like, nope, 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 nope. Can't be helping people. Jesus would have hated that. Right, so like they they got him in trouble down there in Bryan, Ohio, and I uh, raised plenty of questions and issues over that as well. If you missed anything, pick up the podcast shortly. That I put up at WRQK.com. And aside from that, I am done for the day and the week. Not back live again until Monday morning. Stay safe out there. Be good to one another. And do, in fact, meet me here Monday morning, 6 a.m. for another week of the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hopefully you have a great weekend, and hopefully I run into you somewhere around town. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.